I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. This is a podcast that I've been looking forward to talking about. And before I start, look, I don't want this to come across negative or an attack on Benji Marshall. I just think we have to understand that to be given the immortal tag, that means you are at the top of the top caliber of footballers our game has ever seen. There cannot be much that you haven't achieved in our game. And look, it doesn't all come down to what you've achieved. Obviously, the player you are, how you've changed the game, all this stuff, it does come into contention when you're considering who becomes an immortal and who doesn't. And look, Benji Marshall, we all saw what he did the other night for South Sydney at age 36. It is unbelievable. I think he becomes the third oldest player ever to score two tries in a game, which is unreal. And he is just putting on an absolute clinic every time he takes the field at the moment. And look, Benji Marshall, uh, I respect him so much for how he's changed our game, and he really has. I, I mean, I think there's a fair argument that Benji has potentially changed our game more than anyone. Um, the way that he came through, he was the first real, you know, YouTube sort of sensation. Not, not, not even you. He was the first real highlight sensation. So he was the sort of kid that as soon as he got the ball, everyone stopped. Everyone stopped. Everyone held their breath. Everyone watched what this kid was going to do. And you had no idea what was coming. And most of the time, it felt like he had no idea what was coming as well. It was just such an unorthodox way of playing that you've seen so many guys that are dominating the NRL and go on to be some of the absolute greats who have taken inspiration from this guy, who have watched this guy with his flick passes, his no-look passes, his sidestep. They have all come from this guy. I'm talking Caelan Ponger. I'm talking Sean Johnson. These sort of superstars, these sort of entertainers that have been at the absolute peak of our game for a long time, and they all come from this fella. This is where it started. I talk about guys like Brad Fittler when he burst onto the scene. It was unbelievable, yeah? You knew what was coming, though. It was a left footstep. You knew what was coming. You couldn't stop it. Benji Marshall... You had no idea what was coming. You had no idea where the ball was going. You had no idea where it was going to come out of. He would tell a lie with his eyes every single time. It was unbelievable. Behind the back, over the head. 
these amazing sidesteps. I'll never forget try that he put on. I think it's Daniel Fitzhenry that ends up scoring it in the end uh, that he put on at Shark Park where he just goes off his left, off his left, off his left, goosey through the middle. David PG comes to him. He glances to his right and then just unleashes this unbelievable ball out to the winger. He tosses it back in. I think it's Fitzhenry that ends up scoring it. An unbelievable moment that I will never, ever forget. Another one, obviously, 2005 Grand Final. I was lucky enough to be there for that. I was lucky enough the seats I was in Benji was heading directly straight at us. It was like he was looking at us coming at us, and he put this slick pass onto Paddy Richards, and it was just an incredible moment and a moment in rugby league that I will always cherish forever that I was where I was because it was unbelievable. But as far as being an immortal, I don't think Benji has achieved enough on the field. Culturally-wise, I think he's changed rugby league forever. I think he's been one of the best things to ever happen to rugby league by a country mile. But I don't believe he's achieved enough on the field to even be considered to be an immortal. And it has surprised me how much momentum this has gathered over the last week or so. And look, I thought I'd just take a trip down memory lane, down Benji's career. And look, I, I, I have so much respect for Benji. As I said, I appreciate what he's done for our game. I'm so glad that I've at, at the age I'm at that I'm always going to remember the career of Benji Marshall. I wasn't too young to not remember the start of it. I wasn't too old to forget it. I've been right in a sweet spot of really being able to enjoy this guy. And it was obviously during a time when I was a teenager and I'd go to, you know, two or three games of football a weekend. And the amount of times I got to see Benji, unbelievable. The amount of times I got to see him play test football, Incredible, Yeah, I've seen him play in a grand final. I've seen him play in big stages, big moments. Um, I saw him during his peak, probably 2009 to 2011. He was unreal those years. I saw a lot of it. I was there the night. He flicked around his back and hit Blake Aceford, I think he was, and he scored in the corner. I was there for a lot of these moments, and I cherish them so much. But me, when I look through this career... Now, Benji debuts in 2003. Straight away, you can see the talent. I'll never forget. I think it was against Brisbane. He did that giant sidestep. He he almost stepped himself out of his pants. I've never seen anything like it. I remember sitting there and just going, Jesus, what was that, you know? This kid out of PBC... Oh, was he? No, he was out of Kibra, sorry. This kid out of Kibra Park that we'd heard about, but we hadn't really seen... I hadn't seen much of him. Then just see him on the big stage doing these things, and you sort of thought, oh, well, this can't last. This bloke can't possibly make it. He's a touch footballer. Yes, he's going to have highlights, but that'll be it. That was the general consensus then. 2004, everyone that had that opinion, I mean, it was kind of proven right. Yeah, this touch footballer, all of a sudden he's got a bung shoulder. Yeah, he's in. he's got an injury already. He comes back in 2005. He wins a premiership this year. He pulls off that amazing moment that I spoke about in the grand final that was just unreal. And look, this is the only premiership that Benji won during his career. And people will say, oh, you know, yeah, but he, he won a combination five as a premiership winner. And yes, he is a premiership winner. But the thing that I would say holds him back from becoming an immortal, a major thing that holds him back, that he's never been the main man in a premiership winning team. If you, like, I look back at teams, you know, I look at the 01 Knights, that's Joey's team. I look at the 02 Roosters. That's Freddie's team. I look at the 08 Manly Seagulls. That's Matty Orford's team. I look at the Broncos through the 90s. They're Alan Langer's team. The 06 Brisbane Broncos. That is Darren Lockyer's team. All of these champion players that we look at. You look at the 2015 Cowboys. I'm sorry, whose premiership do you think that is? That's Jonathan Thurston's premiership, yeah? The Sharkies. That's Paul Gallon's premiership. Yeah, all of these great players... They all own a final series. There is a final series that they own and they make it theirs and they own the biggest stages because that is their team. They are the leaders of that team. 
my biggest criticism of Benji Marshall, and I know it's harsh, but he's never done that. He has never done it in his career. Even if he does it this year with South Sydney, at the moment, unless there's an injury to Adam Reynolds, for me, when they if South Sydney win a premiership this year, we're going to remember that as Adam Reynolds' team, Cody Walker's team. At the moment, I don't think there's a spot where it's going to be Benji Marshall's team. And 05, yes, he won the premiership. Everyone remembers the highlight, the flick pass, unbelievable like nothing we've seen before. Did you notice who had the Clive Churchill medal around their neck? It was Scott Prince. Did you notice who was the captain of that team? It was Scott Prince. Did you notice who did the vast majority of kicking in that team? It was Scott Prince. He was the main voice. He was the main man, yeah? That was Scott Prince's team. The West Tigers of 2005 was Scott Prince's team. Now, is that a criticism of Benji Marshall? No. He was 19 years old, 20 years old, yeah? That is nothing against Benji Marshall at that age, that team shouldn't be his. But the fact that we point back at him being a premiership winner, yes, he won a premiership, but for me, it wasn't his premiership, yeah? He was part of a premiership winning team, but for me, that was Scott Prince's premiership. I understand he was young, I get that, but he didn't win another one when he was the main man throughout his career, and I'll touch on that soon. In 2005, he also makes his Kiwi debut. Yeah, sensational to see. 2006, and this is where I feel sorry for Benji, and I feel like maybe if these earlier years would have gone a little bit differently, maybe his career would be different. But 06, uh, he does a cheekbone in round one, puts him out for six or seven weeks. Uh, he comes back, does his shoulder in 2006, his first sh- shoulder Rico, I believe. Comes back in 2007. Plays about 15 games. Um, Scott Prince leaves. He goes to the Gold Coast Titans. Now it's Benji's team. Yeah, this is Benji Marshall's team now. He takes over the goal kicking. He takes over the general play. He becomes the main kicker on the side. He becomes the main voice at a very young age. Probably before he was ready and probably in a team that was paying for the success of 2005, which I feel sorry for Benji that he was in that situation, but it's the reality of rugby league. It's the price you pay for success, yeah? A lot of guys had left that team by this point. Um, You know, he went from having Scott Prince as a half partner to, with all due respect to John Morris, a huge downgrade there. I'm not sure if John Morris was even a halfback or a 5'8". For me, I genuinely saw him as a hooker. I'd probably say as a utility first and foremost, but... Came Benji's team, and he had sort of a makeshift journeyman in the halves next to him. So life wasn't easy, don't get me wrong. 2008 rolls around. He has an injury to start. The Tigers miss the finals. But Benji, he goes on to captain the Kiwis for the first time in 2008. And this is where, obviously, he would achieve a lot with the Kiwis. Uh, But once again, 2008, they miss the finals. Uh, 2007, they miss the finals as well. So this is two years now. Uh, Benji being the main man of this team, they haven't made the finals. 2009, Benji plays a full season, 23 games. Incredibly gets through the entire season off the back of all of his shoulder problems and everything. Tigers still miss the finals. Don't play finals football in 2009. Once again, Benji is the main man. 2010 rolls around. He plays 34 games this season. Unbelievable. Between club, test matches, all-stars, everything. He plays 34 games, gets through all of them. is incredible. He wins the Four Nations, and he wins the Golden Boot Award. Um, the Tigers, they do play finals footy in 2010. They had a really good team in 2010. Uh, they win one game, they lose two. So they lost week one. 
They won in week two of the finals. Then week three, they played the Dragons out at Homebush. Dragons win that game, I believe, 13-12. Jamie Soward slots a field goal. You rewatch that game. Benji was good. Uh, but the main man that night was probably Robert Louis in that side. Once again, didn't really own the big stage there for me, Benji Marshall. Um, record in finals there is 2-1. Yes, he played a lot of football. Very impressive. Won the golden boot, which... Is impressive. Uh, I, I don't know how much I invest in this whole golden boot thing, to be perfectly honest with you. It's fantastic to have it. It says you're a great player, but I'm not sure if having a golden boot over someone else elevates you towards the immortal status. And once again, just a reminder, not trying to be critical of Benji Marshall here, but to become an immortal, you really have to go through their entire career. And I am, I am being really picky about it here because I don't believe he should be an immortal. So up until this point, He's now won a golden boot. He's won a Four Nations. He's captained his country. He's won a premiership when it was Scott Prince's team. Scott Prince left. West Tigers haven't been overly successful with Benji as their main man. Uh, He's got a one win, two losses record in finals. 2011 plays 25 games. Uh, They make the finals. They get knocked out by the Warriors in week one, I believe. 2012. When M halfback plays every game, they miss finals with an 11 and 13 record. Now, for me, this is where we start to see the very best of Benji starting to fade. I believe 2010, 2011, that was probably the best of Benji Marshall we've ever seen. I believe that he really missed his opportunity to win his premiership, probably in 2010, yeah? 2011 as well, really good side. But that 2010 team, I really feel like that could have been anything. Yeah, you look back at that side, they were they were humming. Benji was playing really good footy. Obviously went on to win the Golden Boot, won the Four Nations that season. For me, 2010 is probably the one that got away from the West Tigers. Uh, they obviously went right down to the wire with the St. George of Dragons, who did go on to win the Premiership that year. But for me, that's the one that got away from Benji. Didn't make it to the Grand Final, but it was the Premiership that he probably needed in, in his career to convince me that he was going to be, he should be an immortal of rugby league. Uh, 2013 rolls around. We start to see slowly the unraveling of Benji Marshall a little bit at the West Tigers. And look, I'm not saying it's Benji's fault. This is a club built on complete and utter dysfunction. But where Benji was in that point in his career, you know, by this point, he'd been playing for 10 years now. Yeah, so he's, you know, 27-odd or whatever he was at that point. Um... 25 odd sorry 2013 and look I just I look back at this season and I think you know what Benji being the player he was if he is of the immortal status that some people are telling me life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com this is the season when the Tigers are in trouble and he had to grab it he probably had to go to halfback he had to take control of this side now he stayed at 5-8 played one game on the bench played one game at centre of the guys that played halfback with Benji Marshall that year with him at 5'8". First one was Luke Brooks, young bloke. Uh, obviously, he's gone on to play with the Tigers. He's still there now, but Luke Brooks at a very young age played a couple of games there with him. Jacob Miller, another guy. He's my age. He came through. Looked like he was going to be a superstar. Um, didn't quite kick on in first grade. He's been playing over at England. I believe he's at Wakefield at the moment. He's been there for a number of years. Handy guy. 
But I mean, I might have played 30 games of first grade, if that, when he left. Uh, Braith Anasta jumped into halfback, 2013. So Braith, in my opinion, when he was well and truly past his best, you will remember his stint at the Tigers when he was done at the Roosters. I don't think I've ever looked at Braith Anasta as a halfback. I would have always said a 5'8 or a lock forward. And the other guy that stepped in at halfback was Curtis Sirinan. Now, Ciro came through as a handy little ball player. He was always destined to play in the back row, though. So, for me, it's a bit of a worry. Looking back at that season when the Tigers really needed someone to stand up and they had one of the best players in the world in Benji. And I feel like he just needed to wear the seven he needed to own it. Now, does that all come down to Benji? No, it comes down to coaching as well, 100%. But I just feel like it's these moments that I look back at and I think, well, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can be an immortal. I mean... That 2013, Benji wins 7 out of 22 games. 7 out of 22 games. Now, 2014, he leaves the Tigers. He goes to Rugby Union. Very unsuccessful. Goes over to the Blues there. Pretty average. Comes back to the Dragons, round 10. uh, Wins 7 out of his last 15 games for the Dragons. Not overly impressive, but he's in a new system. He didn't have a preseason. He's coming back from Rugby Union. Um, You know, very tough circumstances there. 2015 rolls around. He's at the Dragons still. Plays 23 games that season. He wins 12 of them. So he wins, you know, just over half of them. Just over half of them. Uh, loses week one of the finals. 2016, uh, plays 16 games for the Dragons. Only wins five of those games. The Dragons don't play finals footy. 2017, uh, gets a lifeline from Wayne Bennett. Goes up to the Brisbane Broncos. Plays bench, plays halfback, plays a bit of center. Ends up playing finals footy. They play three games. Uh, He was halfback in some of them. They won one of those games. Then he returns to the West Tigers. And uh, he looked most at home here. And look, to his credit, I actually thought he played really well at the West Tigers, yeah? Um, He played fantastically. I thought he kept that team, their head above water a lot of the time. They had a couple of close calls with making finals. Uh, Never quite got over the line. They had a lot of guys that were obviously brought during this period who definitely did not live up to their expectations. They had a lot of coaching issues as well. A lot of mistakes that were made in the coaching department for me that made life very hard for Benji Marshall. Uh, There was a period last year where he was dropped for a little bit, which I couldn't believe. I thought he was definitely playing well enough to potentially get this side into the finals. He had Harry Grant with him in 2020 as well. Like the two of the, the, these two were fantastic together. They both got on the front foot and they were brilliant. Um, 56 games, 26 wins, win percentage of 46% in his second stint at the Tigers from 2018 to 2020. So look below a 50% win record, Once again, not overly impressive. I understand he was surrounded by chaos, dysfunction, everything. But, sorry, if you're going to be an immortal of our game, you kind of have to be able to overcome those sort of things, yeah? You have to be able to overcome dysfunction, yeah? And for me, Benji, too often in his career, he wasn't really able to. Now... 2021, he arrives at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He essentially rings Wayne Bennett for a coaching gig, and he says, hey, come and have one more year. Come around with us. So he's joined the the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He comes on in in little bits and pieces during games. You saw it against the Melbourne Storm in round one. He came on. He made a huge difference, yeah? He made an unbelievable difference. He is playing fantastically at the moment for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I love watching him play. The beauty of what Benji's doing now is that he's not as quick as he used to be. He's not as agile as he used to be, but he's seen everything. There is nothing that a footy team can throw at Benji Marshall that he hasn't seen. And look, the game... I mean, can you imagine if these new rules came in 
in 2010 when Benji Marshall was at his absolute peak. My God, it would be a travesty for all the other sides. It is a bit of poor timing, but you can still see that Benji is so suited to playing this front foot style of rugby league. Yeah, he is He is carving up younger bodies all around him. And this is what makes it so impressive what Benji's doing is that the game right now, it is literally engineered and created to suit modern legs. Why? Because we want entertainment. As I've said for a long time before these rules came in, we are not in the rugby league business. We're in the entertainment business. And I think what Peter Vlandis has done has been fantastic. The game is more entertaining than ever. And this guy, Benji Mar- Marshall, he's got all the miles in the legs. They're not as quick as they used to be, but gee whiz, he's turning them over and he's having a red-hot crack and he's making a lot of young guys look very silly. He's making a lot of fit, young bodies look very silly, and it's because he's seen it all. There's nothing that Benji hasn't seen. Now, on the weekend, we saw him move to 5'8". We saw Cody Walker jump to fullback, and Cody Walker, as much as I love him, he was almost irrelevant because Benji Marshall was just too good. Yeah? Now understand the excitement around that the vintage Benji I posted a thing saying Benjamin Button you know he is just unbelievable but just because he is incredibly impressive at age 36 for me that doesn't put him into the immortal status yeah and I know a lot of people have argued that you know it's not all about just what happens in your career it's not just all about your statistics and I understand that but good god it has to play a role doesn't it Surely it has to play a role. Now, one of the big things that people point to in Benji Marshall's career is that he won the World Cup for the for the Kiwis. And yes, unbelievably impressive. Huge underdogs in that game, an incredible effort. And look, I once again, I want to point out, I've got nothing against Benji. I love him. But when you have a look at his record for the Kiwis, do you know how many games he's won against the Kangaroos? He's played 14 games against the Kangaroos. Do you know how many of them he has won? I'll give you a second to have a guess. 14 games against the very best in the country. It's very best in the world, the Kangaroos. Now, Benji, I understand that he doesn't have the same caliber around him. I get that. But I'm sorry, to be an immortal, you have to beat the best. You have to compete with the best. Out of 14 tests against the Kangaroos, Benji's won two of them has beaten the Kangaroos on two occasions. Yeah? The average score when Benji Marshall plays the Kangaroos is Australia 30, Kiwis 14. Is that a direct reflection of Benji Marshall? No, and I understand that. I get that. But as an immortal of our game, if you are going to be elevated to that status, personally, I think you have to have more impact. Now, we talk about the New South Wales Blues and a lot of these guys coming up against an unbelievable era of Queensland Maroons and that you have to take that into consideration. When you're talking Benji, you have to take into consideration for the vast majority of his career, not only did he come up against this Queensland side, he also came up against everyone that was good from the New South Wales side as well. So it was an unreal selection of guys. And look, Benji makes his debut for the Kiwis in 05. Um... And you got to remember at that point, it was the New South Wales Blues that were dominating and they had an unbelievable side. They just won three in a row. So he went from taking on the best of New South Wales and the next crop of Queenslanders versus the absolute best of Queenslanders plus, you know, sprinkles of the best of the New South Wales players. I understand it wasn't easy for Benji. Yeah, he, had a really, he was under really tough circumstances. But to win two from 14, he only beat the Poms three out of five games. I mean, that's a record of five out of 17 against Australia and England. Yeah, for me, I don't think you can possibly 
make Benji an immortal. I think you put him at the very top of the Hall of Fame. I think you respect the way he's changed our game, the way that he's influenced our game over a long period of time. He has been unbelievable. I think he is right up there with the greatest Kiwis we've seen. You know, you've got Stacey Jones right up there. Stacey Jones, of course, he didn't win a premiership, uh, which I think is a you know a big mark against Stacey Jones's name when you're talking about him as one of the greats. I mean, you, the other guys you talk about, we talk Joey, we talk Freddie, we talk Lockie. You know, Stacey Jones, he was always on par with these guys, but lifted that trophy. Yeah, 2002, lost that grand final to the Sydney Roosters, yeah? And it's the big moment in Freddie's career we all look at because that was Freddie's team. The 0-2 New Zealand Warriors, that was Stacey Jones' team. And if he wins that grand final, wow, the narrative is completely different because winning premierships, it matters. It matters without a doubt. Benji won in 05. He has won a premiership. Was it his premiership? In my opinion, no. It was Scott Prince's premiership. Benji did incredibly well. He came up with a really good highlight in that game. He played really well. Scott Prince lifts the trophy. Scott Prince is the man talking behind the goals after they concede a try. Scott Prince is the man talking before they run out. Scott Prince is the man with the Clive Churchill medal around his neck for the best on grand final day. Do we ever see the Scott Prince highlights from that game? No, we don't. Do you see the Benji Marshall one? Every two weeks, I feel like I see it, yeah. And so we should. It's an amazing moment in rugby league. But that team, they belong to Scott Prince. The 05 Tigers, that was Prince's team. I've got so much respect for Benji. I absolutely love watching his career. It's been unbelievable. I hope, I hope I get to see him lift a trophy at the end of this season because he deserves it. He 100% deserves it. But when we're talking immortals, I'm sorry, I cannot make Benji an immortal. You think about the last decade. Over the last 10 years of rugby league, Benji Marshall, he's won a grand total of four finals games. Four finals games he's won. Over the last 10 years, Cooper Cronk, he's won four premierships. For me, this argument isn't even close. You've got these two in the same era. It has to be Cooper Cronk for him. For, For me, it has to be him over Benji. And I mean, when we haven't even spoken about Thurston, Slater... Smith, Inglis, these sort of guys. But I don't understand how we can possibly make a guy that has won four finals games in 10 years an immortal of our game. It just makes no sense to me. I understand we fall in love with the character. We fall in love with the way he's affected our culture, the way that he's changed our game. But for me, he simply can't be an immortal. I've got so much respect for Benji. I didn't really enjoy doing this podcast, to be honest with you, but I just felt like it had to be said. I think we need a bit of a reality check. It's a fantastic career. He is a Hall of Famer. He's a guy that never will be forgotten. He will probably be remembered more than a lot of the Immortals will because he had a bigger impact on our game. He changed our game more. But as far as what Benji has achieved, his ceilings were unbelievable, incredible. But consistency over a long time, it wasn't quite there for me. Benji Marshall, he's an all-time great. He's a guy that will never be forgotten in rugby league. He's a guy that has changed our game for the better. But for me, he simply can't be an Immortal of rugby league.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market